Hi there! This is the PowerPoint Tribe, where our vibe is faith and our food is the Word. Prepare to be strengthened and encouraged through the teachings of God's Word and the ministry of the Spirit. Amazing, amazing. In Matthew 13, verse 52, it says, Every scribe that is instructed unto the kingdom of heaven is like a man that is a householder that brings out of his treasure things new and old. I quoted that scripture to celebrate Pastor Dami. Pastor Dami is a scribe that is instructed after the kingdom of heaven and is a man like he's a householder and he brings out of his treasure things new and old. And I just want to celebrate the ministry of Pastor Dami. I mean, for tutoring us, for mentoring us, for teaching us a solid truth. How many of you are, you, you are not celebrating your pastor enough? Ah. Thank you so much, sir, for such um, a release of God for the past uh, few weeks, four weeks. I've been really inspired, really, really inspired. And when I'm inspired, I write a lot. I don't know. I write poems. I write a lot. And now that I'm, I'm to give God's word, I have about 10 pages here. I'm telling you. That's how pastor has inspired. I'm telling you. So just pray for me. And I'm able to deliver. I just kept writing all sorts. I mean, Pastor, thank you so much. And truly, he's somebody who has been raised to inspire a generation. And I mean, the inspiration is so mega. I mean, and I'm happy people keep saying that we look alike. Anytime I post, <laughs> anytime I share uh, the recaps of my standards, ah, this, this is you now. I said, no, it's not me. Several times, though, even this week. So I'm happy. We're getting there. We're getting there. <laughs> All right. Okay. So it's the year of the prevailing blessing. How many of you remember that? It's still the year of the prevailing blessing, and God has started working already. How many of you believe that? God has started working. And one of the, one of the um, lines in Genesis 49, which is our theme scripture this year, that keeps coming to mind uh, is that line, that phrase that says, unto the utmost bound <laughs> of the everlasting. <laughs> I mean, when Pastor first announced that, uh, that scripture, that line, I just kept thinking, what does this line mean? And I prayed about it. God, show me, what does this mean? Because it just sounded very amazing. Onto the utmost bound of the everlasting hills. And I, God started showing me that. Go backwards. Let's take that line from the back. The everlasting hills. Who is the everlasting hills? You have that answer in Psalm 121. He said, I will lift up my eyes to the what? To the hills. From whence come my help? My help comes from where? The Lord that made the heavens and the earth. So God is the everlasting hills. So let's go back again. He now says, unto the utmost bound. So when you say utmost bound, what does that mean? It means... The greatest limit, utmost bound is like a covering, like a space, a sphere. So the utmost bound of the everlasting hills simply means the highest limit of God. <laughs> that means if God wants to bless you, it's within the periphery of God. That means the, the, the boundaries and borders of God, that's where the, your blessing, that's where your blessing is sourced from. That's the extent of your blessing. So when God wants to bless you, the limit is not within Nigeria. It's not within Africa. It's the utmost bound of the everlasting hills. And that just really transformed because, and, but when we say that, uh, when you say God has no limits, the will of God has limits. Okay, so it's not just going to be, you, you are, I mean, you are blessed with everything, you have access to everything, but there's a limit to what God wants to bless you with in the context of his will. So when he says the utmost bound of the everlasting hills, he say, I am the limit. I am the limit. So think about how if a millionaire wants to bless, if a millionaire comes to you now and says, if I, I know you can, everybody likes extra money. I say, I want to bless you. And you know this guy, this man is a millionaire. I know he sets your expectations, right? I mean, you just expect, ah, this guy is able to give me 
some millions, maybe from some thousands. But if a billionaire comes to you and tells you, I want to bless you, I want to do you well, I want to favor you, I want to bless you, you know that your expectation is going to be different from something, <laughs> something huge. So if God is telling you that the prevailing blessing upon you is unto the utmost bound of me, <laughs> that means, I mean, you, you should expect things. And that's why this word that is upon us this year should spark a lot of excitement in us. The word of God should get you excited. So when a word is hanging over you, you have to engage that word. And one of the ways you engage God's word is by showing excitement and just getting um, excited about it. And that's what pastor has been teaching us about uh, for the first uh, three weeks of this month. And, uh, but this blessing, as very beautiful and amazing and awesome as it sounds, we have a responsibility. We have a responsibility. It's not just going to fall on us like, uh, like pastor says, an apple, <laughs> cherry, overripe cherry. <laughs> it's you have a responsibility. And that's what pastor has been taking us through for the past three weeks, okay? Uh, and I trust God to be able to lay on all these truths uh, that pastor has been sharing with us. Now, it's the year of the prevailing blessing. When God pronounces a word upon you, you have a responsibility to engage that word for its fulfillment and manifestation in your life. So you're not just going to sit down and think that, oh, prevailing blessing, I'm just going to sit down and it's just going to happen automatically. No. God expects that you engage that word. And pastor started teaching us about how you make good what God has said concerning you. Okay? Because it is wicked for you to remain unfruitful. It is wicked. Especially when God has said, this is your year of the prevailing blessing. So when God says this is year of the prevailing blessing, God expects that you begin to show things in your life that showcase fruitfulness. And that's why God, 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 is a very, God is a very frank and honest, let me not say person, but that's the word that can come to my mind. Okay, because the first thing he told you when you were created, be fruitful and multiply. That's the first instruction you heard. Imagine you create a product and you say, the first thing, be fruitful and multiply. And now this year, God is saying the prevailing blessing is upon you. You have to engage with that word. And as pastor has been telling us, we have to grow. Growth is actually fruitfulness. Growth is fruit in itself. <laughs> and that's because your fruitfulness has to start from inside before it begins to show on the outside. There has to be more balance before there can be more speed. Learning, you know, if you are trying to learn how to ride a bicycle, I ride bicycle. I have, I have a bicycle at home and I ride a lot. I remember when I was trying to learn how to ride a bicycle. I mean, you can't just, want, you can't just start wanting to ride and run very fast. You have to learn how to balance balance on the bike. And after some time, after I mastered how to balance, started riding consistently, I said, I want to take it further. I want to learn how to ride without holding the brakes, just hands-free. I wonder if you can do that. I can do that. You can do that. <laughs> so there has to be more balance. All of that you can't achieve without balance. And so you are wanting more speed in your life, but God is saying you need to achieve more balance. You have to have more character before you can have more progress. You can't, you can't go further if God has not seen you demonstrate character in the few things he has committed into your hands. You can't, you, can't, you, can't, you can't have more access to possessions if you're not mature. You have to have more maturity to have more possessions. That's what God is saying. And you have to have more purity to have more power. So there's always a responsibility on your own part. And that's what pastor has been talking us through. You have to grow in light. That's where we stopped last week. Grow in light, grow in humility. Because those are the things that God is looking at. And today, I just want to lay on these truths that uh, and I pray that God helps me. This was where Pastor left off last week, and I want to just pick up from there. Are we blessed? Yes, 
Okay, that's just an introduction. Let's get started now. Galatians chapter 4. I got the scripture while Pastor was ministering last week. Powerful, and I said, this is where I'm going to start. <laughs> Galatians 4, from verse 1 to 2. Powerful. Now I say that the heir, as long as he is a child, differeth nothing from a servant, though he be lord of all. <laughs> but is under tutors and governors until the time appointed of the what? Of the father. Let's read that again. Now I say that the heir, as long as he is a child, differs nothing from a servant, though he be lord of all, but is under tutors and governors until the time appointed of the father. Can you play softly, please? Thank you. I think it helps with the administration. Everywhere is so quiet. I'm waiting for the anointing to drop. Let's, let's encourage the anointing to flow. <laughs> Thank you very much. Okay, this scripture is so, so amazing. And it just blessed my heart. And, and Jesus really uh, made me start contextualizing some of the sermons we have been listening for the past several weeks. An inheritance can belong to you. But you fail to possess it because you failed to grow. The hair, as long as he's a child, as long as you remain a child, you are considered just a servant. Though you are Lord of all, you have estates, you have inheritances in the realm of the spirit, but as long as you remain a child, you are what? You are considered a servant. God, God is waiting. Imagine a father that has estates, hundreds of estates, billions of naira but has a five-year-old child that he wants to wheel all of those things to. As long as that child is five years, all of those things will be, long, will be put in custody. Some people will be in charge of those things. That is the same thing that happens in the realm of the spirit. When God has promised you enlargement, capacity, amazing things in your future, but you remain a child, you are going to be considered a servant for a long time. Long time. And spiritual things are not like... Uh, Natural things. You think, oh, because I'm 50 years old, that means I am I'm 50 years old in the spirit as well. You can be 50 years old in the flesh and be three years old in the spirit. And God is watching. Whereas you can be 40 years old, just uh, maybe 30 years old, like some of us uh, <laughs> in the flesh. But your capacity in the spirit, wow, is like 40 years. That's what happens when people listen to our pastor. So, ah, one person asks me, how old is your pastor? That's what happens. So when we talk about growth, you have to engage time. The passage of time is not, is not something that will automatically birth growth in you. The fact that you are growing, like, yeah, this is 2022. I'm now 32 years old. I'm now 33. I'm now 34. Does not mean you are growing in the spirit. Time is like a container. I know you did science. My wife is doing a master's degree. Hello, my baby. Are listening, <laughs> master's degree in, in the US, and, and it, they do a lot of chemical mixture and all of that. So, a container think about a container, for example. A container, you just pour things into it, and it just serves as a mixture. When you get what you want to get, that's all. The container is just, it's just there. That is what time is. Time is like a container. What you do in the context of time, so you have January to December, is a container, is what you do with it that matters. So, at the end of the year, we are looking at 2022, everybody has, 20, you have a container, you have 20, you have 12 months. It's what you do with it that matters. So at the end of the day, God is saying, what are you doing? Are you growing from being a child to being a son? Which is really the major contemplation of my message today. 
So the increase is not, so for example, it says, though it be Lord of all, but it's under tutors and governors until the time appointed of the Father. Do you know that the time appointed of the Father is dependent on your growth? There's really no time. It's about, have you grown? That's it. So you're saying, ah, my time, come. But God is saying, my son, grow. <laughs> Do you see that? So until the time. So when God, what God does is that I put you tutors and governors until you grow. That time appointed of the Father is until you grow, in, in, in essence, in actual fact. So, for example now, it says, um, I put you under tutors and governors so that you can grow. And many of us have tutors and governors around us. I want to show you some examples of those tutors and governors. Pastor is one of the tutors and governors in your house, in your life. Your boss is a tutor and governor. So, for example, um, Samuel. Samuel, you're going to grow to become a world-renowned prophet whose words never fail or fall to the ground. But you have to, for some time, subject yourself to Eli. Listen to him. He's your tutor. He's your governor. Moses, you are going to grow to become a leader that is going to lead the Israelites, a respected and renowned leader. But for some time, you have to listen to Jethro. You have to listen to the wisdom of Jethro. Esther, you are going to become the queen. Ah, queen, very queenly, royal. But for some time, and even continuously, you have to listen to Mordecai. That's your tutor. And in all through our life, God has planted tutors. God has planted governors in different aspects of your life. Check out what it says in 1 Corinthians. Let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 13. 1 Corinthians 13 verse 11. Glory be to Jesus. Glory be to Jesus. 1 Corinthians 13 11. Look at, look at what some children do now. When I was a child, I spake as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. God is waiting for some of us to put away childish behavior. Moses, you are going to lead the Israelites out of the wilderness, out of Egypt, through the wilderness and do all those mighty things. But you have to grow for being a child. You can't be killing people anyhow because you're offended. No, you have to grow. So God is saying, look at this now. When I was a child, you can see what children do now. They speak before they understand. <laughs> and they start, they start thinking. Can you see the progression? That's what children do. Once they start a sort of and they, they now start thinking, ah, what did I say there? When I was a child, I spake as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. Those are childish manifestations. And I'm going to show us today 22 <laughs> manifestations of childishness. I didn't come up with the 22. They're in the Bible. And we're in 2022. You're going... <laughs> so it's, God shows me these things. I don't know. He just shows me. 22. you see it today. <laughs> when I became a man, in this 2022, you'll become a man. In the name of Jesus, you become a man. When I became a man, I put away childish things. What childish behavior? What childish thinking, methodology, pattern, lifestyle, actions, habits are you carrying into the year? You have to put away childish things. Isaiah 9.6. Let's look at Isaiah 9.6. What does Isaiah 9.6 say? I'm sure some of you can quote that. For unto us a child is born. And unto us a what? A son is given. Everybody can give birth. Everybody can give birth. But before you are given to the world, you have to be a son. <laughs> Do you see that? For unto us, a what? A child is born. Child. Everybody can just, just two people come together, make love. But to raise a son, 
That is the kind of son that people, God wants to give to you to the world. God is waiting. This year is, is significant. And, God, and, we, and we'll show you why God is in a hurry. There's a reason why God is in a hurry. And I'll show you. And you see it from the title of my message. I, just want, I don't want to say the title like my pastor. I'll say it at the end. I'll say, like, I'll say the title at the end. God is actually in a hurry. God wants to raise sons. And so when God is saying, look, grow up, it's because there's an assignment. There's a task to be done. And if you look at what it says in Matthew 26, 26, when, God was, when Jesus was about to break the communion, he said he blessed the bread, he broke it, and he gave them. There's a blessing hanging over you, but there has to be a breaking first before there can be what? A giving. So many of us, there's a lot of blessing hanging over us now. There's pronouncements, there's confessions, but it doesn't just happen automatically. God takes us through the breaking process, and that's the first sermon Pastor started teaching us about. That I mean, God is going to break you. A lot of things are going to happen in your life. It's part of the process. So there's going to be a breaking before there's a giving. Tell your neighbor, there's going to be a breaking before there's a giving. Because God wants to move you from being a child to being a son. He's only son that can receive the magnitude of what God is bringing. He's only sons. Children will waste it. Imagine the five-year-old child, whose father is a billionaire, I now give you, just be flangering, just don't know the worth, the value of those things. Can you stand being blessed? That was a sermon that TG did preach many years ago. Can you stand being blessed? None of us want to be blessed. You want access to these things. Can you stand it? Sometimes blessing can be, can be a curse in itself if you are not ready for it. If you are not prepared for it. I heard a story about a man that, I mean, blew and got, got a lot of access to a lot of opportunities. And his, his career, I mean, literally, his, his time literally doubled. He began doing a lot of things. And then a lot of pressure. One day, he just woke up and traveled to Africa. <laughs> they were looking for him because the pressure was so much. <laughs> he left. The, he just resigned. left. He didn't even tell anybody. He just left and disappeared. Can you stand being blessed? Some of us Because when God is cooking us now in some places, you are saying, I want to go into this thing. God, God, only God knows <laughs> when you are ready. Only God knows. God wants to cook you so that by the time you get there, because for each level, there's a new devil. There's a new evil for each level. At your level, you think, all this might... By the time you ask, when you climb up the ladder, there are other kinds, other dimensions. Tell your neighbor, are you ready? Okay. And that is why when Galatians tells you that, I want to subject you to what? Tutors and governors. I want you to come to church early. I want you to join core three. I want you to quit that habit. I want you to study your Bible more. Tutors, governors, chastisement, corrections. It is for your good. But look at what some people are doing with their tutors and governors. Matthew 23. Matthew 23. This is what some people do with their tutors and governors. 23, 37 to 40, 39. Matthew 23. From verse 37 to 39. Can we have that quickly? You're going to give me extra time for not giving me the scripture quickly. <laughs> it says, Oh, Jerusalem, just put some people's name there. Thou that killest the prophets and stonest them which are sent unto thee. How often would I have gathered thy children together, even as a hen gathers her chickens under her wings, and you would not. I want to grow you. I want to, you know, when a when chicken, when the hen puts the children under, growing, you are getting mature. I'm sending prophets to you. I'm sending people to you, but you are stoning them. That's what some people are doing to their prophets. 
you're abusing them. Stoning may not be literally. I don't know some people they stone their prophets literally, but not necessarily literally. With the words of your mouth, on social media, you're stoning prophets. People that are sent to you in your heart. You may not be. It may not be words that you are even uttering. It may be words. God is saying you are, have put you under tutors and governors so that you can grow from being a what a child to being a son, and then you are stoning the prophets. And that's why God is saying, in, God said, and the scripture says in First, First Peter, he said, humble yourself therefore. And that's why we learned about humility last week. Humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God. When God is humbling you, you are like under. This is humbling. You are under. Humble. By the time you rise, of course, you still remain humble. But God is at that season of your life humbling. Humble yourself therefore under the mighty hand of God. And he will exhort you in due time. So when God says tutors and governors, he knows what he's, he's saying. Humble yourself under the people that I've appointed in your life. Listen to sermons. Grow. Do these things. Grow quick. And I'll show you why God, there's an urgency in the realm of the spirit. There's a seer and pastor has shown us, but I want to show, shed more light on this. Tell your neighbor there's an urgency in the realm of the spirit. Why is all of this very important? Why is all of this very important? It's because there's a difference between being called and being chosen. There's a difference. There's a difference. Uh, can I have, uh, I, have, I want to make some illustration now. Can I have uh, Tosi, uh, Adiola, Tolu, and um, Emmanuel? Let's, let's, let's come. There's a difference between being called and being chosen. Thank you very much. See what has happened now. I've just called them. And they are waiting on me. Saying, what does Pastor Peace want? Called. Called. And that's where everybody is. As long as you are born again, you have been called. You have been called. Waiting. Waiting. Called. Waiting for instruction. God, where am I? What is happening? The difference between that calling and choosing is growth. And I will show you in the Bible. The difference between being called, everybody's called. You're just sitting down, waiting, preaching, and listening, listening to sermons, growing. God is observing. The eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is perfect towards him. That's what he says. So when I've called them now, and they are waiting on me, waiting on me, what, what does he want? What is God saying? Where should I go to? Who should I get married to? Where should I travel to? Which job should I take? There's a calling. Everybody has a calling. And this calling may, be, it may not necessarily be in ministry. Maybe your place of work may be to different ends of the earth. But you need to grow to be chosen. Thank you very much. You have been chosen. <laughs> Thank you very much. And there's a reason why God chooses. There's a reason why God chooses. Let's look at John 15, 16. I remember we have been talking a lot about fruitfulness. You cannot be called and be fruitful. You have to be chosen to be fruitful. <laughs> See this. You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit, and that your fruit should remain. That whatsoever you shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it unto you. Calling is the first step. Calling is good. Tell your name, calling is good. It's great to be called. Everybody has been called. You have been called out of darkness into his marvelous. Have you? You've been called now. So, but for you to bear fruit, you have to be chosen. God will tell you, this is what I want you to do, and you will do it. And there has to be a progression of obedience in your life. There has to be evidence in your life that you have been following and obeying God and being, you have been subservient to discipline. You have subjected yourself to the father of spirits, as it says in Hebrews. Choosing. How do you get chosen? How do you get chosen? How, how does God choose people? How do you get chosen? Isaiah 48. 
That's how God just kept showing me different scriptures like that. I'm going somewhere with all of this. This is how God chooses people. Isaiah 48 verse 10. Let's jump to verse 10. How do you get chosen? Behold, I have refined thee, but not with silver. I have chosen thee in the furnace of affliction. Tell your neighbor, fire. <laughs> That's how you get chosen. Oh. In the furnace of affliction that you get chosen. So the, the, the kind of affliction that happens to a Christian. Is there the kind of affliction that happens to a, 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 an unbeliever? Furnace of affliction. God orchestrates situations and circumstances in your life to grow you. And then you start complaining, that, ah, what's this? <laughs> and there's somebody in the Bible that really explained this concept of fullness of affliction. Let's go to Matthew. I'm trying to link some things together. Matthew 3. Matthew 3. We'll start reading from verse 7. You know, when you attend a conference, when you go to a conference, there's usually a host, right? There's usually an anchor. There are guest speakers that come to speak, and there's an anchor. I've been an anchor myself in several, several conferences. And the anchor determines and sets the tone of the conference, tells you what happens, and then many things, and then introduces the guests in a very interesting way. Everybody celebrates them. They come together. That was what John the Baptist was. John was an anchor in Scripture, ushering Jesus. So before Jesus said anything in Matthew, John announced him. And you have to look at what John said about Jesus because the anchor has perspective. Of course, Jesus went on to say a lot of things. But John also had perspective because that was his own ministry to announce the coming of Jesus, to announce his ministry. So let's look at what John had to say. Matthew 3 from verse 7. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees come to his baptism, he said unto them, O generation of vipers, who has warned you to flee from the wrath to come? No, John was a very funny man. People are coming to your church. <laughs> And you say, oh, generation. <laughs> Imagine Pastor Dami. <laughs> oh, generation of vipers. <laughs> we don't have generation of vipers here. <laughs> Who has warned you to flee from the rod to come? Let's go on. Verse 8. Bring forth, therefore, fruits meet for repentance. Let's go on. And think not to say within yourselves, we have Abraham to our father. Don't just say, uh, look unto Abraham. Look unto Abraham. We are just looking unto Abraham. <laughs> And that's part of what I will teach you about. Don't, don't, don't say, I'm, I'm looking out to your brother. You're not doing anything. Uh, don't say, we have, look, what? You've jumped now. Go back to verse 9. Look, we have Abraham to our father. For I say unto you, that God is able of these stones to raise up children unto Abraham. So bring forth fruits for repentance. When you're coming to church, when you're serving God, bring forth fruits for repentance. And go on. Can we go on verse 10 now? And now also the axe is laid onto the root of the trees. Therefore, every tree which bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. Tell your neighbor, fire. That's one kind of fire. I want to show us two kinds of fires. Verse 11. I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. But he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. Look at this. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Many of us have been baptized with the Holy Ghost, but we have not been baptized with fire. John said it. You are going to be baptized. This man... He's going to baptize you with the Holy Ghost. Many of us speak in tongues. Holy Ghost. The fire dimension of you, not you now, generically now, is missing. Baptized with the Holy Ghost and fire. And so there are two kinds of fire. There's a fire that burns inside of you. There's a fire that burns outside of you. The fire that burns outside of you is when you create a conducive environment for the enemy to function in your life. It be, you begin to suffer all kinds of loss as a result of disobedience. That's the fire. 
That's when you're not fruitful. That's the fire that burns without. You see things, ah, this one really can't budget, my, this one spoils, this one. I mean, many things are not working. I read a story right now. I'm reading the book, uh, God's Generals. Particular uh, Mary, Maria Woodward Ada, Ada she, she refused to after, uh, go into ministry. She lost seven of her children. As a, and she knew that, ah, it's because of my disobedience. Many times God is saying, do this, do this. As, as things are happening in your life and you are seeing things happening. That's fire that is burning outside. But there's a fire that burns inside. That's the kind of fire that Moses saw in the bush. Things are, things are, but you can't see the bush being consumed. Fire is burning. It's the same fire that God, Jesus talked about in John 15. He says, he that bears much fruit, I will purge. That purging is fire. He that does not bear any fruit, I will put it in by fire. Two kinds of fire. So which kind of fire do you want to burn? That's the question. Is it the fire inside that purges and cleanses you? Is it the fire inside that purges and washes you clean of every impurity, of every childishness, of every, of every immorality, of everything that is not of God, of every carnality, of all the 22 manifestations of carnality that I will soon show us? Or the fire that burns outside? Can you bow down and just say a prayer, a short prayer? That Lord, I subject myself to the right kind of fire. Lord, help me subject myself to the fire that cleanses and purges. Lord, I don't want that fire that burns outside. I want the fire that burns inside of me, cleansing me, purging me, washing me clean. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. So let's back up a little. Let's back up quickly. I'm getting towards the end now. Now we have said God wants you to grow from childhood to sonship, right? The question is why? Because God wants you to be fruitful. The question is why? So you can make good the promises of God over your life, right? So you can manifest the prevailing blessing. The question is why? As long as you can say, ask why, why, why. You have to keep asking. That's how you become a student. So once again, he said, I want you have your inheritance. I want you to grow from being a child to being a son. Why should you grow? Because there's an inheritance to be possessed. Why? Because I want you to be fruitful. If you don't possess your inheritance, you are not, you are not being fruitful. Then why should you be fruitful? Because there's a blessing, prevailing blessing. You're a fruitful bow. That's the blessing. But why? Why am I doing all of these things? Genesis 49. Genesis 49. Let's go back to the beginning. This is the scripture that God has given us this year. Genesis 49. And this is where God is emphasizing. God is really keen on this. The prevailing blessing starts from verse 22, but I want to focus on verse 1. Blessing. And Jacob started pronouncing all sorts of blessing upon his children. Lots of blessings rain down. But look at what he says in verse 1. Jacob called unto his sons and said, Gather yourselves together, that I may tell you that which I befall you in the what? Last days. Brethren, we're in the last days. We are in the last days. There is an urgency in the realm of the spirit. And a lot of ministers are already talking about this. PD preached about the last days when he was at Festac. The Winston did a series on, 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 on the last days. In the last days, last days, Crefodola also did a series, last days, talking about all, all sorts of things. There's a lot of pandemic, earthquake, violence, corruption, pollution, sexual perversion. We are in the last days. God is, there's a lot of urgency in the realm of the spirit. God is pressing. God wants to make you grow from being a child to being a son because there are fruits to be, be you, you need to bear fruits. There are people waiting in different countries. No dilly-dallying, no doodling, no doddling, no time-wasting, no skirting around growth, no flirting with mediocrity. Because God is counting on you. 
waiting for the manifestation of sons of God, says in Romans 8. So please, we are in the last days. This same scripture that says we're in the last days and begins to reel out a lot of blessings, there is a parallel scripture in 2 Timothy that tells you what happens in the last days. That's where it leads to all those 22 manifestations of carnality. Let's go there, 2 Timothy. So as much as there are blessings hanging over uh, the prevailing blessing, these, are, these 22 things I'm about to reel out, they are going to stand in the way of the carnality, stand in the way of the fruitfulness rather. They are going to be blockers, key blockers, and you have to really pray that God save me from these things. <laughs> Second Timothy chapter 3. Second Timothy chapter 3. So this year, you need to prioritize bearing fruits. It's not when pastor teaches all these things, it's not just for you to write them in your notes and just sit down. God is, there's an urgency in the realm of the spirit. Anybody that's not ready, well, move on. Quarter three, yeah, yeah, quarter three, do it sharp, sharp, move on, start serving. There are other things. God, there's no time. There is no, literally no time. God is, we're in the last days. There's a work to be done. And that's why there's a lot of grooming happening in this house. Some of us are not going to be here again by the end of the year. But you have to have been groomed for where God is sending you to. There's a lot, there's a lot of things at stake. My wife always tells me, ah, there's a lot of, the word here is so barren. People don't hear quality word. Ah, ah. Ah, I miss, she misses Pastor Dami. After she has done her own church, she will now listen again. Because they don't, uh, it's Nigerian pastors that are going there. Churches are not a lot. So when you are being groomed here, it is for a work. Some of you are going to be more, become pastors. You don't know it. I see denying. You don't know. Ah, uh, sit down. You know. Even me, I did not plan to be a pastor. Let me just quickly tell you. <laughs> but there's a work to be done. Pastor is just a, is a position. It's the real work, the real work that God is trying to groom you for. You don't have to be called a pastor to be a pastor. But you are doing the work of a pastor. You are gathering people. My wife does, gathers people together, preaches the word, shares, and they are blown. Simple, simple remar that. <laughs> simple, simple remar that. That's a reward. <laughs> they will, ah, ah. <laughs> ah. A friend of mine shared with me how uh, in India, I mean, Bibles were shared to India. See how they rushed. They saw Bibles. They were screaming and yelling, kissing the Bible as though they found gold. Ah! And you find, you get your Bible. This one, this which Bible? You just drop it. Some of us even have it on our phones. Ah. <laughs> These guys, there are countries all over the world that small remnant that you have that you think is just small thing. When you say it, it strikes in their heart. You have met a need. So don't, don't think, oh, what you have is just small. I don't have. Mm-mm. You have something. Just, even if it's just to repeat Pastor Dami's sermon, just say it to them. You don't have any fresh reminder. Just what you have heard from, just say it. <laughs> you know that some people will be blessed. Ah, countries all over. The, and that's why some people, God is sending some people across the world. It's not just to get your master's degree or PhD or whatever. It's so that you can be a blessing. And that's why if you're online, if you're listening from any part of the world, you are there for a purpose. You are there to become a light to the world. You are there to become the out of the earth. You're not there for your own personal ambition. You're not there for your own personal aggrandizement or achievement. No. You are there to become somebody who's going to minister to the souls there. Deliver the kingdom from darkness. Translate people from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. Through these words that you are being exposed to. But you can't do that if you're just really a child. It's all about me. Which is the first point here in 2 Timothy chapter 3. 2 Timothy chapter 3. Last days. This also know, we're going to count from 1 to 22 now. See all the 22 manifestations. I'm going to go over them very quickly because of time. 
This also know that in the, in the what? Remember there's last days in Genesis 49. That one is blessings. This one here is no blessings. These are the impediments to the blessings that you have to be watchful. These are things that are manifesting in the world right now. Manifestations of carnality and childishness. In the last days, perilous times shall come. Number one, let's go to verse two. Men shall be lovers of their own selves. That's the number one manifestation of carnality. That's what happened to Joseph in the first dream. It was his dream. It's about me, me, me. Many people are self-absorbed. It's about my interest. It's about the things I want to achieve. It's about my goal, my ambition. Men shall be lovers of themselves. If you are a lover of yourself, you can't be a fruit. Oh. No be lie. You can't be a fruit. Number two, they shall be covetous. What does it mean to be a covetous person? Marked by an inordinate desire for wealth or possessions. You just want to blow. That's your own goal. <laughs> you just want to make money. An inordinate desire. It is not wrong to want to make money. But when it is an inordinate desire, to be comfortable. Not that rich fool. I just want to be comfortable. That's being covetous. Number three, boasters. It's the kind of people that show off on social media. They boast any small thing. They just want to boast on LinkedIn. I've just done this. I've just done. <laughs> 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 Why are we laughing? It's, it's all over. It's, it's sometimes those things are false. So they are just lying. They've just cooked it up. But people just want to boast up. I want to have something to show the world that my life is progressing. Boasters. Number four, proud. These are people that don't submit themselves to people, places, and processes. In your life, God is going to subject you to people, places, and processes for growth. And these three things are mutually exclusive and collectively exhaustive. Pastor Edoro, mercy. These three things, people, places, and processes. That's what God subjects you through. Joseph, all of them, Eli, Moses. Humanity, humanity, you are God is going, I'm going to send Jesus your way to save you from all the corruption. But I have, I have to subject you to prophets, to laws, to laws and prophets, to different stories all through humanity before I send Jesus. God is going to subject you through people, processes. Some, some, some of you is your boss that is the person in your life right now that is the tutor, that is the governor. But you are uncomfortable. Ah, this boss, this boss, this boss. Of course, sometimes you have to leave the company. But some, sometimes it's just training and you have to see it like that. Proud. So people that are proud, they don't subject themselves. Ah, I'm bigger than this office. I'm bigger than this position. Number five, blasphemers. These are people that canalize spiritual things. And that is happening a lot on social media these days. They canalize spiritual things. They are blasphemers. They do anything spiritual like this. They just make a mess of it. They make a mockery of it. They just say, they just do, do a skit on it and just make mockery. Like Pastor shared with us one about hair fire. And they just make it. They are blasphemers. It's happening. Number six, disobedient to parents. This is people, people are, they are rebellious to authority figures in their life. Both natural and spiritual parents. They are what? They are disobedient to parents. Number seven, unthankful. These are people that, as a result of comparison, they have ingratitude. This is comparison that is sponsored, that, that sponsors ingratitude. You are comparing yourself and because of the small thing you have, you see another person's uh, achievement, just, this small thing that I have and you are, you are not grateful. Meanwhile, everything you have should be received with thanksgiving. Number eight is unholy. Lack of sanctification and reverence. You just do things anyhow without... You're unholy. You just carry yourself, your body anyhow. You just do anything anyhow. You're unholy. 
not you. They are listening to themselves. Nine, without natural affection. LGBTQT. <laughs> Plus, without, these are, these are the people they are talking about, without natural affection. Lesbians, gays, bisexual. I don't even know what the Q and T is. I need to go and check what that one means. Queer. They don't have natural affection. The natural affection that is between man and woman, no natural affection. They have turned it upside down. Number nine, uh, number ten, truce breakers. This one, they don't like peace. Anywhere there is peace, they want to break it. Anywhere there is peace, there is, ah, everybody's doing well. They want to, they just want to cause violence, chaos. <laughs> Eleven, false accusers. These are the people that are imposters. They are liars on social media. Yahoo, yahoo. They fall under here. Me yesterday, Dr. Nikki and I were going out. And then we met a young guy and I said, I'm, I do yahoo, yahoo. I mean, I said, what does it, what, what do you do? That was evangelism. For those of you that don't come for outreach, that's what you miss. All these gist, all these things that happen. You meet with all kinds of people. He was in one corner smoking weed and all of that. I mean, you said, ah, that's, that's what I do. I said, what does it really mean? What does that mean? He said, ah, all it means is that I please you. <laughs> you please me by giving me money. I said, what do you mean by please? I said, I can't tell you that. And, ah, it's my coded. I have to initiate you into the... I said, ah. <laughs> I said, but you know that you can't pass this on to your children. He said, I know. So don't you... I mean, he was so open. He was talking about, and why we were still talking, he was still engaging on social media, on Facebook, chatting with some people. So they pose to be somebody else, and then they do all kinds of things in exchange for cash. False accusers. Twelve, incontinent. Incontinent means lack of self-control. When you cannot control your urges, your desires, your pleasures, your, your wants, and it's not just bodily desires alone. Your desires to want to do things, ambition, incontinent. Thirteen, I said it's 22. We are, we are still going there. 13 is fierce. These people are brutal. When you just see them, fierce means brutal. When you see their face like this, you are, you are afraid. The kind of, I'm, I'm sure you know the kind of people we are talking about. So, Mark <laughs> Brutal. When you say, ah, ah, brutal. You just, do, you, don't want, you just want to get your own car quickly. They can do any. They are not gentle at all. 14. This, <laughs> 14 is despisers of those that are good. These are the people that hate anyone that is prospering genuinely, without any fault in their life. You see somebody who is prospering, has money, has a good family, has children, it's just, something just comes from your heart. Just try to find fault. You can't find the fault, but you just despise them. It's in the Bible. Number 15, traitors. Yoba calls it or dale. They can't stay committed. They tell you one thing, they do the other thing. They are wicked people because they are not good. 16, heady. Ori koko. A giddy, self-willed. Not those people that I just want to do my own. Gen Zs. All those Gen Zs. Yes. They are mostly self-willed people. I'm, I'm not saying you are under that. Because when, you, when it's, there's, a, there's a course on Gen Zs right now on LinkedIn. How many of you know about that? There's a course on them that studies. They, want to they are very self-assertive. So if you, are, if, if you are like that, let the word of God humble you quickly. Let the word of God hum humble you. Very important that you are not self you is what you know because you are still growing. All of us, we are still growing. Everybody is still growing. What you know now, in another two years, it will change. In another five years, you will think, I was sharing with Pastor Itoro yesterday, some decisions I made five years ago, I thought, ah, I prayed for 19 hours. So this decision is right. The fact that I had to pray 19 hours is a, is a sign that it wasn't right. <laughs> I knew afterwards. I'm telling you, the fact, God showed me later on, the fact that you have to pray 19 hours for this thing, is because that's why, because you are trying to assert your will. And sometimes God just steps back and says, look, do your own. 
you meet me in front. Okay, fine. <laughs> Self-willed, please. Next one is high-minded. 17, high-minded. These people, they can't be persuaded of the sim- through the simplicity of Scripture. They are high there. They, they are just up there. They just, when you tell, which one? How does Scripture give me money? Uh, what's, what's that? What's, I, I, high-minded. Their mind is on high things. They will meet God in front of 18, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. These are people that would rather Netflix than get a real fix in the presence of God. (laughs) There is nothing wrong with Netflix. Let me just balance that. But our society needs to have a moderate appetite for entertainment. I'm on social media. I have DSTV in my house. I have all those things. But the way I time them, I know when I'm supposed to be on social media. I regulate it. Because those things can, you can't just realize, ah. Because it says, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of, lovers of God. In the presence of God is fullness of joy. And at his right hand are pleasures forevermore. So if you are getting pleasures from another place, meanwhile, the presence of God is where the real pleasure is. You are not making the most of that. Lovers of pleasure. Okay, please get a real fix. Tell your neighbor, get a real fix in the presence of God. 19, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof. You are godly. You go to church, carry your Bible, pray in the spirit. But you know there's power in you. You can pray over somebody who is sick and they they, they, they will recover. That's what scripture says. There's power in you. You have a form of godliness. Form of godliness. We can see it in you. And this is a decent brother. Comes to church. But you have to go beyond that. You have to go beyond that to praying for... The, that's what Jesus promised us, us that we will do. That you pray for the sick, they will recover. You do this, this will happen. You, those are the things we need to aspire for. You have to contend for the, for the faith. Contend for the faith. Tell your neighbor, contend for the faith. 20, we're almost there. Ever learning, but never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Ever learning. And never able. They go to church. They just hear this particular sermon on holiness on every day, on fruitfulness. Pastor, that way we teach fruitfulness. They will, they will hear it. And they are consistent. They hear it. They know these things. But they just can't seem to go into understanding. Never able to come to the knowledge of truth. It's happening in this generation. 21, men of corrupt minds. Men of corrupt minds. These are people that are filled with all manners of evil. This, this is degeneracy. It has gotten really bad. All kinds of evil. Another version calls them depraved. Men of corrupt minds. And the last one, reprobate concerning the faith. These are people that are rejected, lost. Reprobate concerning the faith. 22 manifestations of carnality and childishness in the year 2022. <laughs> God wants us to be careful. These things are not just there in scripture. Remember I showed us in the last days, Genesis 49, fruitful bow. You heard all those prayers that we decree at the end of the year, at the end of service. And then of course, this also, you have to be careful. When, when there are manifestations of these things around you, within you, inside you, you have to be mindful. You have to be careful. Because you don't want to be soaked in the cesspool of all of these things happening. You have to stand. Tell your neighbor, stand. You can see what Minister, uh, Minister Tim Lane shared this morning. I mean, things are happening. People can reject their faith. Someone that was a believing Christian, they can just say, I'm not doing it again. Because there's a lot of carnality, perversion around you, a lot of things. And people are just getting soaked in that cesspool, in that, in that pit. That's what's happening. And you know, all of these 22 things, as I begin to round off, are summarized in the 
when it talks about Galatians 5 now, the fruit of the spirit and the works of the flesh, they are summarizing the works of the flesh. Now, all of the sins summarized in the works of the flesh are now summarized again in the parable of the sower. And that's where I want to round off. Parable of the sower. Let's go to Matthew 13. And I'm going to be drawing a parallel between the parable of the sower. I'm going to show us all these 22 things in summary in the parable of the sower. And I'm going to be showing you how Joseph progressed. Okay? I will show you in a bit. Matthew 13. Let's go. Matthew 13. And he spake many things unto them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went forth to sow, and when he sowed, some seeds fell by the way, by the wayside. And fowls came and devoured them up. Let's go on. Okay? So, tell your neighbor, wayside. Verse 5. Some fell upon stony places where they had not much earth, and forthwith they sprung up because they had no deepness of earth. Tell your neighbor, stony places. Verse 6. And when the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they had no roots, they withered away. Verse 7. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprung up and choked them. Tell your neighbor, thorns. Okay? Verse 8. But the other fell into good ground and brought forth fruit. Some an hundredfold, some sixty, and some thirty. Tell your neighbor, good ground. Let's jump to verse, 30, verse 18. This is where the interpretation is. Verse 18. Hear ye therefore the parable of the sower. Can we go verse 19? When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and understands it not, then comes the wicked one and catches away that which was sown in his heart. This is he which received the seed by the wayside. Wayside Christians, wayside believers. They hear the word and that's why there's a lot of, there's an abundance of revelation in this age. With an increase in perversion, there's also an increase in revelation in inside. Look at what back. There are many stars all over the place. There are genuine people. So as there's an increase in perversion, increase in corruption, pollution, the word of God is also increasing. It's just, which one will you pay attention to? So people hear these things by the wayside. But these are, this, this is the kind of people that, that have been described here, wayside Christians. And what happens to them? They hear the word, they don't understand it. This was Joseph's first dream. He did not understand that dream. He, that's, that's what it was, a wayside. He just heard a dream. He got a dream. And remember, this was the only dream that he himself dreamt. The other ones, it was the other person. Remember we talked about self-absorbed people, about themselves. When you, your dream is about yourself, when it's just always about you, very soon, fowls will come and devour you. <laughs> That's what he's saying here. The kind of dream you get where you don't understand, but you just interpret it. This is what it means. They will bow to me. They will bow to me. Not bowing in that sense. You misinterpreted it because you did not understand it. You are a wayside Christian. So the wicked one comes and catches away that which is sown is that. This was Joseph's at his parents' house. Let's go to verse 19 now. Verse 20. This is the second manifestation now. But he that received the seed into stony places, the same is he that hears the word. And anon with joy, excitement. Yet he had not root in himself, but endures for a while. But when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, he's offended. This is Joseph in Potiphar's house. Not just it, because even Joseph in Potiphar's house was interpreting Joseph, um, Potiphar's dream. That's what he was doing. Even though he didn't dream, he was actually interpreting Potiphar's And I'm sure Joseph did not get into Potiphar's house as the chairman of the... He started and, and grew. And when Potiphar noticed and said, this guy, there's something exceptional upon you. Then he put him in charge. This is Joseph in Potiphar's house. So there's no depth. Things will happen. Temptation will come. That's when the uh, Potiphar's wife came and said, ah, temptation will come. No depth. Do you know Joseph could have actually handled that matter? It's, it's, it's matter way. Because you, have, you are seeing signs that this woman is coming for me. You, 
because you, but you don't have depth. And these are Christians that maybe you are in a place of work, you are doing exceptionally well, you have now been put in charge, but there's no depth for you to see. Remember I said, with new levels, there are new devils, there are new evils. So if you don't have depth of understanding, that's what happens in stony places. Prison, Yanni. Depth. Let's go to 22 now. He also that received seed among the thorns, and all these things are manifestations of all the carnality too. When you don't have depth of understanding, it's because all of those things, because they don't have understanding, they don't have depth, all of those manifestations of carnality. That's, this is just the summary of it. He received seed among the thorns, is he that hears the word, and the care of this world, the deceitfulness of riches. Another version adds, the lust of other things, choke the, choke the world, and becomes unfruitful. This is Joseph in prison, after interpreting the dream of the Bokha and the Blaker. The butler and the baker. He was concerned about personal desires, like cares, how quickly. I just have interpreted like the summary from Pastor's uh, the recap that we played. I've interpreted it now. Oh, yeah, now. It's the care of this world. Deceitful. I know how these guys are connected to Pharaoh. Mm, care of the, let me use this opportunity to register my own interest, to tell that. Ah, remember me, I've done this for you now. That is a thorny Christian. Prison. You will stay in that prison. So it's prison to you are going to remain there because the care of this world is what is still your attention. The deceitfulness of riches, the, all of those other attractions. Choke the world and become, that's what happened to Joseph in prison. Because the care of this world was still his concern. And that's also manifestation of all the canalities that I shared. Cares of this world, deceitfulness of riches. These are things we have to be mindful of. Then the last one, tell your neighbor, good ground. Good ground. That's where you want to be, good ground. Remember, good, eh? Good, good ground. Luke 18, 15 tells us, I want to use the version in Luke to really explain this. The good ground. I shall begin to round off about five, six minutes. Luke 8, verse 15. So this is the good ground. Okay, can we have that quickly? But that on the good ground are they, which in what? An honest and good heart. Having heard the word, keep it, and bring forth fruit with patience and honest and good heart. This is Joseph in front of Pharaoh. Honest and good heart. Remember what Pastor shared? That is not just, I'm just going to interpret it. I'm not after, and I strongly agree with that. It wasn't after the position, Prime Minister. He gave them everything. The roadmap for recovery, the pastor said it. He gave them everything, interpreted it, and said, Look, choose a man that will get the job done. Honest and good heart. Honest and good heart. That's why he bore fruit. That's why he got all those positions and all those things. Put him in charge. When God sees in your heart, honest and good heart. Tell your neighbor, I am a good ground. You have to be a good ground. So can you see the parallel now between the last days in Genesis 49 and the last days that is recorded in 2 Timothy? And how it now ties down to Joseph in terms of all different stages of his life. And as I come to a close uh, in this sermon... I want you to pray sincerely in your heart that, Lord, make my heart a good ground. Make my heart a good ground. Make my heart a good ground. There's a lot of desire to want to be current. I want to be current. I want to stay on top of my game. I want to know what is happening. But you don't want to be current and then be latent. You know, you can be current and become latent. You know everything that is happening in your environment but you owe oh, Ligbira, or go here on Ligbira, latent. We just know that this person has potential. No, that, that can't be you. 
your heart is a good ground. Can we just rise now and begin to pray? Can we begin to pray that God make my heart a good ground? Remember what I said that growth is fruit enough. You don't have to look for any fruit on the outside. Growth is fruit enough. Many times, it's, it's, it's all of these things are additions. Remember what it says in Matthew. It should be an addition. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all other things will be added. So all the possessions, all the things you want, God wants them to be additions. So could God make me, make my ground good. This word has come to your heart now. Is your heart a good ground? Are you going to receive this word and bear fruit? What growth does to you is to shorten your waiting period. That's what growth does. It shortens your waiting period. When you grow, you shorten. You're supposed to wait for 10 years. But when you grow, your waiting period is shortened. Opportunities will just open up to you with ease. Personally, many of the things I wanted, I'm just getting them at, at the knock of a door. Things that could not have happened some five, seven years ago. But because there's now growth and capacity, can you pray, Lord, I subject myself to people. I subject myself to processes. I subject myself that all the tutors and governors in my life that God I subject I listen to them I take correction I take dress I take dressing you this is a sincere prayer if you really want to bear fruits this year your heart has to be a, a fertile ground a fertile ground a good ground Oh, Lepraga, I'm not just called, I am chosen. I am chosen. I'm chosen. Remember the words we spoke about? I'm chosen. God chooses me for such a time as this. I am not dilly darling. I am not shuffling my feet. I'm not doodling. I'm not dawdling. I'm not skirting around growth. I dive into growth. I embrace growth. I'm not flirting with all mediocrity. Ah, I embrace correction. I embrace the chastening. I subject myself to the Father of Spirit. And I lead. I subject myself to the Father of Spirit. I let the lame foot to be healed. The lame foot is healed. Oh, I follow holiness and righteousness. Ah, without which no man can see the Lord. I bear fruits this year. I bear fruits this year. I do not despise the chasing of the Lord. I do not faint when I'm rebuked of him. For whom the Lord loves, he chastens. He scourges every son whom he receives. If you endure chastening, God deals with you as with sons. For what son is he whom the Father chases not? But if you be without chastisement, whereof you all are partakers, but you are bastards and not sons. Furthermore, we have had fathers of our flesh which corrected us. We gave them reverence. Shall we not much rather be in subjection unto the Father of spirits and live? For they verily for a few days chasing us after their own pleasure. But he for our profit, that we might be partakers of his holiness. Now no chastening for the present seems to be joyous, but grievous. Nevertheless, afterward, it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. Are you going to exercise that? Make straight parts to be your feet to be straight. The lame should be healed. Let it be healed. In Jesus' name we are praying. And as God does these things inside of us, this is what God wants to see at the end of the day. And it's very interesting that this is captured in the last chapter of the Bible. The last chapter of the Bible, Revelations 22. And it's interesting, it's also 22. 
Revelations 22 from verse 1. And he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. In the midst of the street of it, and on either side of the river was there the tree of life, which bare twelve manner of fruits, and yielded her fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. Bear twelve manner of fruit every month. That's what God wants to see. Fruit every month. They were for the healing of the nations. For France, for Canada, for the US. Healing of the nations. Your fruit is for the healing of the nations. Can you pray, Lord, that my fruit will be for the healing of the nations? I bear fruit that heal nations. I am the light of the world. I am the salt of the earth. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, I pray. Let's take this confession. I am a good ground. Once again, I am a good ground. My heart is good. My heart is honest. I bear fruits. I grow from being a child to being a son. I grow from being a child to being a son. I am chosen and not just called. I am chosen and not just called. I bear fruits all year long. The title of my message is Fruits in the Last Days. God bless you. Let's take our seats. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for utterance. Wow, what a word. For more messages, connect with our tribesmen across all social media platforms at Powerpoint Tribe.